Miguel Aziz's first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smithrow, into the box. Smithrow scores! A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town Colours. Another huge week for the Hale Enders out on loan, and Fuller and Balagoon has two games played and two goals scored. Got the start in this match after coming off the bench against Marseille. Played 63 minutes at striker, and the first thing I noticed is how much he's learned about being a center forward from his time at Middleborough. It really completely changed the way he saw the game at the senior level. He is able to endure tough challenges with his back to goal. He's learning about how to be a striker at the top flight levels. In all of that, I really credit Chris Wilder quite a bit for that and putting him in that position and putting him in that role. He knows how to come back to the ball and he was really just excellent in the 63 minutes. Uh, he scored a penalty goal with a very, very nice shot struck into the bottom left corner. Uh, he made some really nice runs into the channels, finding space between the center backs, holding a play when he needed to, advancing play when he felt that was an option. Uh, he had two shots on target in this game. He had two successful dribbles. Uh, he won a penalty as well as scoring a penalty, 8 of 11 passing, and, and won half of his ground duels, three ground duels won. Um, I mean, it's really, it's really nice to see him succeed at a top flight level. I mean, it feels like it's been three years now since his Europa League debut, looking so good, scoring a couple times, assisting you know, really having a lot of space and working with it. But it's nice to see him do so well at a top flight level and, you know, going up against physical defenders and showing that his technical skill isn't going to lack even when he has to endure these tough challenges, as I mentioned. Uh, and it's he's just, he's getting taught a lesson while also thriving and surviving. I mean, it's one thing to go out on loan and, and hit the ground running, but it's another to both struggle and learn from mistakes and, and grow. And he, he had a nice play where he received the ball in the box, a nice little back heel to a, a, an attacker who should have gotten on the end of it, but unfortunately was unable to shield his defender away from it. Uh, obviously won a penalty, scored a penalty, uh, and he nearly scored a second goal with a nice left-footed strike, driving left in the box, went far post, keeper made a really nice save, but he looks ready to score. He looks ready to attack the net. You know, sometimes you can move to a country and it, it takes a little while to adapt, but he has really hit the ground running here and clearly in a system where he is going to be the focal point. It's kind of a mix of his time at the under-21s uh, and, and his time at Borough where he gets to do a little bit of everything and he is the focal point of the attack. He's who they're looking for to stretch the defense, but also he's willing to drag a center back with him to create space for his other attackers. And, and as I said, now two games, two goals, Really good to see. And before we go any further with the lone players, just going to mention quickly how amazing it was to see the reaction to the Saliba own goal. Obviously, I was just watching on TV, but to hear the fans get behind him even louder, it just feels like that was kind of the moment when all Arsenal fans agreed that we have turned over a new leaf and the positivity around the club right now. There are always going to be negative fans, especially on social media. That's what social media is for. Those people usually aren't even really fans. They're just trolls. And to see the crowd get behind him every time he touched the ball after that and immediately cheer for him and, and the team to get behind him and for us to score a goal so quickly, it just shows you how diff like it just shows you the different mentality that Arteta has brought to this team. Obviously, the tactical stuff is clear. The technical level has risen with the youth players and who's been brought in. But just the optimism and the energy and the confidence that Arteta has stilled in both the fans and the squad, what a world's difference. You know, I got I got a little nervous when he scored that own goal that 
I was going to go on Twitter and, and, and hear fans booing or whatever it might be. But to immediately get behind him and for the team to go and score right after that, Jaka obviously scoring, it, it really meant the world as a fan to see that. And it makes you all the more excited about the current squad and what's to come. And, and as we're talking about these players out on loan, when they come back in, how it feels like the team's going to be behind them. I mean, this next part, Charlie Patino, like you already know that he has the kind of reputation that although there's high hopes for him, the t- fans are going to be behind him immediately. Like the amount of Arsenal fans I saw talking about Patino's performances this week on Twitter, that's not normal. Like no matter how big of a prospect, that's not normal. Uh, and Patino did excellently this week. Uh, he played 11 minutes in a 1-0 loss to Swansea, came on uh, towards the end, and immediately made an impact. He went to go pick up the ball. He went to try and put you know balls into the box and try and get... They had three, four attackers in the box at a time. Uh, he was four of seven passing... One cross completed on one chance, uh, one-on-one dribbles. He won two ground duels, uh, tackle, and had a key pass. But for me, it's just like seeing the maturity of him coming into a match, understanding why he's been brought on, understanding what needs to be done in order for Blackpool to get a result. Unfortunately, they did not. But, you know, he wasn't just looking to... He completely changed his game, really, in this 11 minutes. Like, he wasn't doing his normal you know, calm on the ball and, you know, passing. He knew that this was a situation where he needed to advance balls. He needed to put balls in the box. And and that's a key moment for a young player to come into an important match for a team that has hopes of potential promotion, at the very least wants to be a mid-table championship side. And he's just an 18-year-old kid, and he's hit the ground running, and it's really awesome to see. Uh, he started in the match against QPR uh, in the midweek in a 1-0 win, played 45 minutes, Unfortunately, rolled his ankle pretty good. It looked a little bit scary when it happened. Uh, he had to go down for a minute, get some treatment, was able to continue on and shake it off and finish off the half pretty amazingly. Um, 14 of 15 passing, seven ground duels won at a 13 in 45 minutes, two interceptions, two tackles, a successful dribble, and he drew four fouls. I mean, his maturity, I, I know I said it already, his maturity though and his calm on the ball is incredible to watch. It's even more incredible to watch at this level than it would be with Arsenal because it's so clear how ready he is to take that next step by the end of this season. There's no question. He is by far the most technically sound and calm person in possession on the pitch in every match I've watched so far this season that he has been involved in. His teammates are often too aggressive. They have no patience. They're pushing the ball forward. He's happy to receive the ball, see what's ahead of him, see what's behind him, hold the defender off. He's not worried about losing the ball in possession. Sometimes he's going to make the easy pass back. Sometimes he's going to use a body feint, dribble around a defender, draw a foul, or progress play. Sometimes he's going to take make a one-touch pass that's a line breaker. Sometimes he's going to switch play. Like He just sees the pitch so beautifully and isn't worried about holding it for an extra dribble or making a first-time pass. Like, he's not so unpredictable, and that's why he's able to draw four fouls in 45 minutes. That's why he's able to complete nearly every pass. The only pass he didn't complete was actually a beautiful long ball that his right winger should have gotten onto, but kind of took a weird route running onto it. He's also reading the play coming at him. Like, you see sometimes it looks like, why isn't he pressing there? And then all of a sudden he reads the passing lane. He's made a diving slide tackle to intercept the ball, keep the ball at his feet, and regain possession. Like, it's really a beautiful thing to watch. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. It's going to be an amazing next eight months for him. It seems so clear already that he's going to step into Arsenal's first team next year with no problem. I know it's only August. I know he's only played four matches, but it really feels that way. Over in Spain, Marcelo Flores made his full club senior debut 
playing 35 minutes, coming on in the second half in Real Oviedo's opening match. First, he came on in attacking midfield, which, you know, I've mentioned a few times now that it seems like Oviedo is comfortable with him playing there. They don't necessarily feel that he has to be on the wing, uh, but about 12 minutes later, they made some more substitutions. Marcelo Flores moved over to the left wing. Uh, when Flores wasn't attacking midfield, kind of in that role, kind of behind the striker, he struggled to pick up the ball in more advanced positions. I think Oviedo struggled to kind of progress the ball uh, with the subs that they made and the, and the different profiles that were on the pitch. So Flores was, you know what, he was happy to come pick up the ball in deeper positions and pass and follow, which is fine. That's It's good to see a player comfortable to do that, not rigid to his position. I mean, think about Ozo. Ozo used to pick the ball up before half and pick out a pass from there if he wanted to do that. Obviously, Flores is not a similar profile, but he was an attacking midfielder. Flores was asked to play some attacking midfield. It's good to see the intelligence of a player, of a player of this age with such little experience. He wasn't just going to stand there and wait for the ball. He wanted to be on it. He wanted to be aggressive. Um, when he did move to the left wing, though, he did a lot better. Uh, he was able to beat Nen driving inside. Uh, one time he took a man to the end line to kind of switch it up a little bit because they were forcing him that way. They brought two defenders on him. He was able to hold possession, recycle it, and then that turned into a cross and a potential goal-scoring opportunity. The interesting thing about this league, I, I mentioned it uh, in that preview podcast when we had Kev on, that I've never watched La Liga 2. I don't know how many people really do watch it outside of Spain, but this league seems to be very physical in a way that's a little bit different than the championship. The referee did not call a lot of fouls on many challenges that I was surprised about. There was a late red card given for, I thought, which was kind of questionable, especially the way the referee had been calling the game. But this is going to be a really, really good opportunity for Marcelo Flores to learn the physicality of the senior game. And when he wants to come back and play Premier League football, he's not going to be surprised by going up against strong, physical English defenders. Um... I will say Flores struggled with a couple of things in this match. Uh, he struggled, as I mentioned last week, with kind of the weight of passes uh, when we had runners in front of him, mostly from the half space again, as I was mentioning last time. Like, he'll have a runner. He'll He's so good at dragging two defenders out because he'll receive the ball on the end line. He'll bring the wing back inside and the center back will have to help. And so then his attacker, whether it's a, a attacking midfielder or a striker, will run into that space, dragging the next center back. And twice... Flores had a pretty open man in front of him and just hit the pass too hard. Uh, you know, you can chalk some of that up to nerves. It's not something that we saw a lot from him last year, not something that I've seen him struggle with a lot. I think it has to do, obviously, with getting to know his teammates, and, and the pitch is probably a little bit different there than it is in England. There's a, there's a lot of things that go along with it, but it's something to keep an eye on for sure. The only other thing that surprised me a little bit is that Flores really only wanted to cut onto his right foot every single time he received the pass. And late in the game, Oviedo were chasing the game with a couple minutes left. Flores received the ball in a 1v1 opportunity on the wing with the defender. And the defender was forcing him left, forcing him left, forcing him to the end line, and Flores refused to go that way. Which really surprised me because earlier in the match, uh, he made a really beautiful play where he took a defender inside, switched the field, followed the ball, ended up receiving the ball all the way on the touchline wide on the right side of the pitch and swinging in a very beautiful, hard left-footed cross. We know he can hit the ball well with both feet. But it didn't seem like he was comfortable driving onto his left foot and crossing on the left side. And that surprised me a lot. It's something I've seen him do a lot at the youth level. So again, I think comfortability is a big part of it. Adapting to the senior game, that's why a loan move is necessary. But it'll be interesting to see if defenders start to figure him out a little bit more and force him left and if he was willing to take that.
I think he will be. I think it's something he's going to watch some tape on and realize that he was doing. But it's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, but really, Oviedo grew into the game the second Marcelo Flores came on. He was the main reason for three or four really good chances in a 7-8 minute period that were created. Um, both his dribbling ability, his switching of play, really a, a, a beautiful, beautiful appearance from him. Uh, the numbers on it are 14 of 19 passing, two successful dribbles uh, out of three attempts, four ground goals out of seven, uh, a tackle, and he drew a foul. And I do want to mention again, actually, the ground duels and the tackling. He's really got a good eye for timing a tackle. A couple of times, he'll be kind of chasing from behind, and it seems like he shouldn't be able to win the ball, but he wins the ball super cleanly, kind of traps it between his two feet, and, and right away, Oviedo will have a counterattack going thanks to it. It's, it's an interesting thing to see from an attacker. And the last thing I will say, which is my new favorite word for Marcelo Flores, is bounceability. He has a beautiful bounce ability. And what I mean by that is he'll receive a pass and take a first touch away from a defender. And the defender was trying to try to close him out in a 50-50 ball. And he kind of just, it's not really strength as much as it's a low center of gravity. He bounces off of them and it almost gives him a burst of speed to get onto the ball and then take on the next defender. It, it puts him past one defender and puts him already in prime position to take the next player on because he's already reached top speed so fast and he's so hard to push off the ball. So look out for bounceability with Marcelo Flores. Speaking of Kevin Betsy's favorite Arsenal players, Mazita Gungbo at Crawley Town, playing for Betsy again. Finally, a slotted back into that left center back role that I expected him to be in while he was on loan. Uh, he was playing in the left wing back the last few times. I was talking with Kev about it. Uh, we think that that was had to do with some defender personnel issues, but I actually think there were a few injuries, and Mazito Gungbo has moved into left center back. And in a 0-0 draw with Harrogate, he played 90 minutes, and it wasn't actually quite as tidy of a game for him in possession. It's really his first senior game playing in a center back role. Makes sense. Uh, 25 of 34 passing, did have a key pass, uh, two long balls completed, one of one on successful dribbles. The biggest red flag to me was his dueling ability, his ability to win duels both in the air and on the ground. Only two out of five duels won. He reads the game very well um, in terms of playing what's in front of him and not diving in and intercepting passings. He had four clearances in this game. Uh, but from a duel standpoint, he didn't seem very strong in duels. It didn't seem like he was going all in for a duel. It was a little bit too light at times. Um, so that was a little bit surprising to see. He was really very physically strong at the U21 level. Again, this has a lot to do with the fact that this is his first senior game playing in a center back role. I expect him to get better there. Uh, and then as far as passing goes, I think he tried to force it inside a few too many times in this match instead of just taking what was given to him. Uh, he doesn't quite have the technically secure players that he's used to playing with in midfield, and they're not necessarily enough. The positional awareness, I think he was just, again, another thing where it's your first time at center back in a new position, in a new league, at a new level, uh, and I think that was really what what struggled for him. But they did keep a clean sheet. He was technically sound, um, you know, in terms of defensive abilities, didn't, you know, foul too often, no yellow card or anything, uh, wasn't dribbled past. So th that's all good stuff. Uh, and then he played 90 minutes in the midweek match and a 2-3 loss to Northampton, again at left center back. But he was much tidier in possession in this match. Uh, he was happy to go wide with the ball to spur an attack. Uh, he was happy to play a long ball into a channels over the top. He was 45 of 51 passing, uh, converted one of his two long ball attempts. 
But again, the duels were a little bit surprising. He just isn't going all in for them. Like, it, it's almost as if he can't decide if he should hang back or try and win the ball on the ground or put a foot in. One of four duels won. Uh, dribble pass in this match. So the defensive ability needs to get a little bit better. Uh, he's lucky to be playing in a five at the back with a little bit of extra help. But he, this is, you know, this is an important time for him. This is a time for him to make his stand, make this his role, so he can play week in and week out at left center back. I know we know Betsy loves him, so we'd expect him to contain continue to play there, and I expect him to play there and not left wing back moving forward. But it'll be it'll be interesting to keep an eye on what happens defensively with Agungbo. Somebody who's not getting the chance, and I'm a little bit worried about it yet again, is Tyrese John Jules. I keep saying like, okay, you know, he's playing well. Hopefully he'll, you know, get the opportunity to earn a starting position. But this week he played a combined 37 minutes in two matches, both times just coming in to see out a match. He played 19 minutes at left forward in a 3-0 win over MK Dons. They, he didn't have to do much as they were just seeing the game out. Six of seven passing, just trying to kind of make himself available in possession and, and try and stop MK Dons from having as many opportunities as they could in the last few minutes. Uh, and then 18 minutes in a 1-0 win over Burton. Uh, where he was only two of eight passing, but he actually did make some really nice runs uh, to extend the defense and get possession deeper in Burton's half and just kind of time waste, which is, again, in a 1-0 match, much more important. You'd like him to be a little more secure in his passing, a little bit tidier when you have a lead, but again, it's just a little bit strange. Like, he's so technically skilled. I mean, Ipswich, obviously, first place in League One right now. They're not going to change a lot up. Um, Harness has scored in every match, three goals in three matches, so... It's gonna be tough for Tyrese to get in there, but he's gonna have to impress more when he gets the chance. You just you feel I just feel for him so badly. He's such an amazing talent, so much skill. I just I do hope that he can find a way to get a few more important minutes. Obviously, injuries are gonna come. He's gonna get his opportunity, but you gotta hope it's sooner rather than later. And his confidence doesn't go. He had a very nice preseason, scoring a few goals, scoring an amazing volley. It'll be interesting to see. But Ipswich have been great, so you can't fault them. You know, the manager is doing what he has to do. Arthur Oconquo also played two matches this week, and in the first one he really struggled in a 3-0 loss to Salford. There wasn't a lot he could do on two of the goals, uh, but the middle goal, as I've said every time, kind of, he looks a little bit lost positionally, and it's it's very strange to me. Uh, he was just too far out of net for absolutely no reason. He got beat on a long shot to his near post that he barely got a fingertip to. I mean, it was well hit. It bounced in front of the goal. It was a nice, well-taken goal, but he can't be giving up uh, goals from there. Oconco did make three saves in this match, one punch, one save from inside the box. Uh, he was 7 of 34 passing, 4 of 31 on long balls. He's just not doing it from a distribution standpoint. That is going to have to improve. It's very in and out with him. It's like one match is bad, one match is good. In this match, I think Crew really struggled uh, to hold on to possession, really struggled to create anything, which obviously makes it harder. Uh, but then the second match of the week, Oconco turned it around, and he basically was man of the match. A 1-0 win over Sutton, six saves, two punches, all six saves coming from inside of the box. Uh, and his passing was much better, 20 of 39 passing, 80-27 uh, on long balls, uh, meaning he was 12 of 12 on all short passes, willing to go short with it. Crew were able to, it really depends a lot on if crew are able to dominate the game, if they're able to hold possession, if they're able to create from the back. That also makes it easier for Oconquo, I think in terms of positionally, he feels more comfortable. Uh, a couple of times he's been scored on because crew have lost the ball in their own third and he just hasn't been able to get back into goal. And it's a lot of learning. That's why you go on loan. That's why you experience senior football. You get you get paid for your mistakes a lot more. You, you do pay for them a lot more at this level. But he made some really nice saves in this match. 
Uh, he, everything that he faced, two punches, again, high claims. He's a very tall, physically demanding goalkeeper. I think that's a lot of the reason why he's out of his box so often, uh, out of his six-yard box, is because he is big and he feels that he can make plays and help his defense out. And he'll figure out the right balance. A uh, crew... Fans seem to really be enjoying watching him. They seem to trust in him as their goalie. And, you know, he had a good match here, so hopefully he can keep that going and, and feel a little bit more comfortable. The other goalie on loan, obviously, Ovi Ejahiri, kept a clean sheet in a 2-0 win uh, over Slough. Um, did well enough in a 1v1 uh, against a striker that kind of made him miss and shoot wide. Didn't make a save, but he did enough to, you know, just force a mistake, which is all you can ask for in a 1v1. Uh, they did have a match earlier in the week, Chelmsford, uh, but that was abandoned after the opponent, player on the opponent's team had a very scary injury, had to go to the hospital. They abandoned the match. Luckily, Pablo Martinez, a player who went down, is okay, uh, but very, very scary. Uh, the last player from Hayland who featured on loan this week is Ryan Alabiosu, who in Kilmarnock are having a very tough go of it at the moment. He played 90 minutes at right wing back in a 5-0 loss to Celtic. You know... All things considered, uh, they only had 27% possession. Alabiosu did pretty well defensively. Three clearances, a block shot, three interceptions, a tackle. He was not dribbled past at all. But another player who has struggled winning ground duels. Uh, I think that's obviously a main reason you go on loan is to learn the physicality. And he's only two of seven in ground duels in this match in, against Celtic. He was one of six in ground duels uh, in the match against Rangers last week. And they've just been outclassed by these two teams back-to-back weeks. They haven't been able to hold possession. They haven't been able to create anything. And when the other team has 70-plus percent possession, they're going to score goals. Uh, but they got these – these are the two artist opponents. Got them out of the way. I think Alabiosu, when he gets to play in possession, that's when he's at his best. He can make those strong, powerful runs, whip in crosses. I mentioned this last week. Not going to worry about his performance when the team is playing like they did in the last few matches. So let's just hope easier matchups coming up and, you know, Alabiosu will continue to have much better appearances. Uh, we had Omar Rekik was an unused substitute in a 3-2 loss to AZ Alkmaar. I would expect Rekik to start featuring um, the more that Sparta Rotterdam are struggling. I'm a little surprised that he's not playing. Like he's he's this is a perfect league for him and he looks so comfortable in preseason. But I mean, what you know, what do I know? I guess uh, Harry Clark missed out uh, with injury against Huddersfield Town. It looks like he's going to miss at least a few weeks with a shin injury. Mika Beerith missed out against FC Emin. Looks like it's an injury. He didn't even make the bench, but that's not clear. And Nikolai Moeller missed out again with that foot injury. He's close to coming back, hopefully next week, uh, but missed out against Den Haag. And then Alex Kirk, unused substitute against Hamilton Academical. That one is really the most puzzling loan when it happened and continues to be as he isn't featuring. So, again, we're going to expect that if he's not featuring, he'll be recalled in January. But I feel for Alex Kirk being sent to the second division in Scotland to sit on the bench and not even play. Seems like a manager is a bit of a hard ass and, and not a player, not a manager who really vibes with the players. So not a great situation over there at Iron United and Alex Kirk. But we obviously will keep up on that and see what happens. A couple weeks left here in the transfer window. Uh, in terms of the senior team, it looks like Pepe, Pepe rumored to Nice. That would be a nice move for everybody. Uh, I would expect Maitland Niles to leave eventually. Bellerin is on the way out. Reese Nelson obviously picked up that unfortunate injury. I think it'll be hard for him to move if he's going to be out a couple months with a groin or hamstring injury. Again, another player you just have to feel for. The injuries have just been brutal. Uh, but as far as the youth players go, Matt Smith needs to leave. Uh, James Olienka probably could use a loan. So could George Lewis. 
very interesting to see what will happen there with those three guys. And Aziz. Aziz and Saladin. They can't keep both of them around too. Jack Henry Francis needs to be playing with the U21s. There's a lot of work to still be done here. And there are already so many players out on loan. So weird. I would have expected between last week and this week to have more news on any of those guys. But there aren't even really rumors about. Same with Keto Taylor-Hart. Very, very strange. But Arsenal made a lot of movement early on in the window. Now they're kind of figuring out outgoings. I expect that to be happening over the next week or so. And then I would be, I would guess early next week, we'll have at least one more, if not two more, Hail Enders that have made some sort of move by next episode. Meanwhile, really enjoying watching all of these guys. Obviously, Balogun, Patino, and Flores have been the most fun to watch so far. All three of them hoping to play well enough to earn a chance to be in the first team next year. And thanks again for, you know, all the engagement and whatnot on Twitter. And some people have DM'd me over the past week, which has been fun. So, you know, keep hitting me up and love chatting about it. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Away From Hail End. <laughs>